We have made it to spring. We have made it to or through spring break. And here we are, teacher friends. It is time to embrace that last quarter of our school year. And for this first episode of April, what I wanted to do is something that has been a ton of fun uh, from my Instagram page. It's a new segment that I do called overrated, underrated, or properly rated. And what I did was took all of the things that you wanted to talk about, and I'm going to give my really just open, honest opinions about six things in education that I think are overrated, underrated, or maybe properly rated. This is going to be an episode where you're going to get opinions, but you're also going to get insights into things that are happening in our teacher life. But before we get into the episode, I wanted to share a review from a listener of the week. Actually, one thing that I'm going to do during the month of April is I am going to pick four written reviews that have been left on the Apple Podcast app. And I'm going to be giving away books this month. So what? This is amazing. So if you haven't left a review yet, go ahead and leave a review. And I'm going to be reading them live on these episodes. And each episode this month, four winners for a book of your choice. So this review was left by Caitlin from New York. And it says, Monica's positive attitude is refreshing. I found this podcast about six months ago and it is so relatable. I look forward to each new episode and listen on my way to work. I teach kindergarten, but I still find all the topics to be relevant. Monica has such a positive attitude that is contagious. You can't help but go into the day with a positive outlook after listening. Caitlin from New York, you just won a copy of one of my books. Hopefully you're listening right now. Shoot me a direct message. I cannot wait to decide, uh, help you decide which book you're going to pick. It's your choice. Do you want 180 Days of Awesome? Do you want The Rooted Classroom? Do you want Game Changers? Caitlin from New York, thank you for leaving that review. Friends, all month long, we're celebrating an awesome April and I want to give awesome books to you as a way of saying thank you for being a listener to the This Teacher Life podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. Let's roll that intro music. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities. Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. (music) 
on my Instagram stories when I've been doing this over the course of the past few months it has been quick just really fast input from me about my opinions on some of these hot topics but what I wanted to tackle in these next few episodes was more in-depth more analysis on six of these big things in education three this week three next week now here's the thing about the concept of overrated and underrated is oftentimes it's very opinion based and as we know with ratings from this year's March Madness sometimes ratings don't mean anything because a rating can come in and the number one team in the country can lose in the first round and a team that's rated 17 can go really far and surprise all of us so I want you to know that these are my opinions but I'm gonna give you some depth to them maybe you agree with me maybe you disagree with me but guess what one of my favorite things about education is we can respectfully and rightfully so sometimes disagree with each other that's okay like I'm cool with that I still want to be your teacher friend so if you hear something in this episode where you're like Monica no it's okay friend it's okay we can we can disagree in fact if you do disagree shoot me a direct message I would love to hear um your input because I'm a type of person who is constantly having thoughts and opinions evolve because I think that makes us a good learner in fact that brings us into the very first topic master's degree is getting a master's degree overrated underrated or potentially properly rated in my opinion underrated for sure I think that degrees are so much more than a piece of paper I know sometimes it feels like that's what we're chasing after. We're chasing after the piece of paper or the comma behind our last name. But for me, when I think of a master's degree, and the reason why I say it's underrated is because I'm a learner. I love learning. I love finding out more about education reform, education evolution, education, and what it could mean from the future or for the future based off of the past. Like I love taking classes, kind of a sponge. It's just like I geek out in grad level courses. But I think for me, the number one reason why it's underrated is because teacher tip oftentimes school districts and even the state that you live in will pay for all of your master's degree or at least part of it. In fact, for an example, in the school district that I taught in for the first 10 years of my career, they paid for half tuition reimbursements. Legit. So if I took a master's class and it was $600, let's say, they would pay for 300 of that, half of the tuition. Now, there was a cap every single year on how much each teacher could actually get, but that was such a beautiful blessing that my school district paid for half of my master's degree in curriculum and instruction and half of my master's degree in educational leadership and a portion of my national board certification. 
Like, that was a really cool thing. That was an added perk. You know, as teachers, oftentimes we're like, yeah, I want to get another degree. I want to learn. I want to grow. But it's so stinking expensive. So if you're hearing this and you're like, what? I don't know if that's true in my state or what? I don't know if that's true in my school district. Find out for real. Some school districts very much value their teachers having those credentials, having those that expertise, because that's really what it is. And so find out if that applies to you. If not, if you're like, girl, I already know. Oftentimes there are grants in states to do that. Like I know in the state of Illinois for a while, there was a huge grant opportunity for national board certification. And so I think you should explore that. Here's another really cool thing about a master's degree. It's that school districts will often give you more money for those degrees. They'll literally give you a higher salary for having a master's plus 16 or a master's plus 32. And so... We understand that there's not a lot of opportunity for increased salary as a teacher. It's kind of those, well, you just have to keep teaching to make more money or you have to switch school districts. So know what that looks like in your school district. Sometimes it's a they'll pay you for every single class. Sometimes it's they'll pay you more for half a degree. So what does your pay scale look like? Do I think that it is inappropriate or selfish to get a master's degree only so you get paid more? (laughs) No, not at all. Like, I think that's smart. Some people are like, I hate learning. I hate master's degrees, but I'm going to get paid $2,500 more per year for doing this. I would say, then why not? I don't think there's a right or a wrong reason to get a degree. I think if it's going to help your family, if it's going to help your students, if it's going to help you financially, if it's going to help you just as an individual and as a learner, then it's a personal choice. But in general, if we're looking at that piece of paper that says master's in elementary education, master's in curriculum, master, whatever that is, guys, I think that's an underrated piece of paper. At the end of the day, it is a piece of paper, but I think it means so much more to us for so many different reasons. So check it out. Know what that looks like in your school district. Next, speaking of how does that look like in your states, we're going to go ahead and talk about it. It's state testing. Oh, it's like a punch to the gut. Those two words can get teachers fired up faster than a lot of words or phrases in education. And I know that you listening right here were kind of caught off guard by the decision pretty much as a nation to say, yep, we are going to be doing that this year. So is state testing overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I think it's both overrated and underrated. Here's what I mean. I think state officials and the government and these like school boards who are dictating this, I think they overrate school testing, state testing. 
I think sometimes it feels like they're in it for the wrong reasons. Like you want to publish these scores in the newspaper. You want to look good as a district. Like, is this about kids or is this about like data, right? And that rubs me the wrong way. So I think when we look at state testing from it being a platform where people are making millions of dollars off of these state testings and off of our students' data, like that rubs me the wrong way. That is terrible and I hate it. And I I get that we should be frustrated by a broken system. In a lot of ways, that's exactly what state testing is. But if we take a step back and also take a deep breath, and maybe pop one of those peppermints that we're so used to handing out during state testing, right? I've been doing that this week in my own classroom. Like, here's a peppermint. Here's a peppermint. It'll it'll help your brain work. Here's a brain mint, right? Like, I'm doing that. So from somebody who is literally giving state testing right now, from a teacher standpoint, sometimes I do think that these are underrated And this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think in a lot of ways, they're super underrated this year. And hear me out. There is a buzzword that is being thrown around so much right now, and you've all heard it. It's learning loss. In fact, coming up later this month, I'm doing an entire episode on it. And I promise, oh God, I promise you're not going to want to miss the learning loss episode. But If everyone's talking about learning loss, maybe this is a great opportunity to say, yep, it's real, or nope, it's not. Is it possible that this series of state testing is going to prove that? And if the data, the darn data shows that our kids are still performing at grade level, boom, let's move forward. Let's keep crushing it. If it shows that that there is learning loss, boom, let's take that data and let's figure out what we can actually do with it. State testing is super annoying. It disrupts things. It's mandated by the state. It's probably not even freaking written by teachers, right? They don't even get our opinion and our input on what should be on the test. But here's the thing. If we have to take it, And we do. I know there's waivers and stuff out there, but we're going to eventually have to take them no matter where you live. If we have to take it, then let's not undervalue the information that they send to us after. I get that it's annoying. And I get that there are kids who are going to be like, A, 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 you you wanted a five paragraph? I'm going to do five words and click submit. I'm done with my test. I get that that's always going to happen. But... Let's just be open-minded and be, I guess, aware of what the data this year could be saying. There's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be loopholes. There's always going to be those kids who didn't take it seriously. But what can we do with the data that we know is both real and raw, especially after the kind of year that we have had? So am I frustrated with state testing? Hell yes, I'm frustrated with it. But if we've got to take it, I want to make sure that we are properly rating the information that is going to come at us. 
No, at the beginning of this episode, I read a written review and said, I'm giving away books. Oh my goodness. And here's where we're at at this point in the year. We have reached the point in the year where your principals, your curriculum directors, your leaders in your buildings are looking at their professional development budget line and realizing they have to spend money because you use it or you lose it. I felt like we were on a game show. Let's do it together. They use it or they, yes, lose it. And I don't want you as a teacher to lose out on some of the benefits that can come from professional development. And one of those things that is a really cost-effective way to spend that money is doing a school-wide book study. What? Gross. Book studies, those are annoying. Those are boring. It depends on what book you are reading. And so what I want to let you know is that you can get bulk discounts with that PD money that's sitting in an account that your principal has to use. I can get sometimes schools up to 25% off of books. In fact, just this past week, I had a principal reach out and they ordered 120 books for their whole school. They're gonna be tackling 180 days of awesome when they go back in August. One school district said we had an optional book study this summer and they had 80 teachers sign up to read The Rooted Classroom by choice while they're sipping wine, reading by the pool, a little Rooted Classroom and a little wine, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like there are so many cool options and I would love to get books into your hands. In fact, another school district just emailed me last night and said, hey, we're giving them a book choice and we've chosen your three books. Can we get a few copies of Game Changers, a few copies of 180 Days of Awesome, and a a few copies of the Rooted Classroom they choose and then we're going to dive into these and have like mini book studies. And I'm like, yes! So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't lose that money if you're trying to figure out how you can spend that last line in your budget let me help you out i would love to save your school some money on a bulk discount you can reach out to me at monica at monicagenta.com or you can head on over to monicagenta.com and scroll down and fill out a uh, short form let me know what i can do to help i will also put those links in the show notes let's make it happen. Let's get you a book study that is both fun and freaking meaningful. You deserve that kind of book study, teacher friends. I'm just going to be honest. I saved the last topic for this episode for last. I did. And it is school data. What? Now this is different than state testing data. This is like student data. This is what you have gathered for your individual kids. What does that look like? Is it overrated, underrated? And I'm going to say it. Data in schools is over-freaking-rated. Sometimes, and like send me a DM if you agree on this, sometimes I feel like we are freaking collecting data just 
to collect data. Like, why are we keeping portfolios just to keep portfolios? Do I think that we need to know our kids? Yes. But hear me on this. Prepare your hearts for this statement. Our students are a hell of a lot more than facts and figures. Our kids mean so much more than their math scores, their lexile scores, their percentages, their their growth charts. Our kids are so much more than that. Because data is not always quantifiable, right? It's not always a quantity. We're obsessed with percentages and these bar graphs and these like facts and figures. Like we can't just focus on numbers. We have to focus on names as well, especially this school year. How do you quantify social and emotional learning? How do you quantify SEL and life skills growth? It's not by a freaking percentage, you guys. It's the other part of data, and that's qualitative. I'm a big proponent of a written narrative for a kid. How we talk about kids matters. And that is not data that a lot of us are keeping because our principals and our school districts and and the, the big wigs, they're so obsessed with numbers because that does look good in a newspaper. That is easier to read. What does it mean when you say my student has developed these five life skills that is going to help them move on to the next grade level? People don't like that as much as this student has had 52% growth in reading this year. People get that. So I think data, oh, I'm about to say something. This, this might get the explicit warning. Data don't mean shit. Unless the people hearing the data are doing something with it. Yeah, I said it. Data don't mean shit unless the people who are listening to it, who are receiving it, are doing something with it. So the big question is, are we just keeping portfolios to keep portfolios? Are we keeping portfolios to actually make educated, data-driven decisions? Data-driven is really, really about saying, this works in my classroom, and here's why. Let me give you an example of this. Like I was talking about like the books and like doing a book study. Sometimes principals will reach out and they're like, so are your books research based? And I'm like, yes, they are. You know how I know they're research based? Because I've done everything I write about in my classroom and it works. That might not be the data that they're looking for, but did I conduct research? Yeah, I tried it and it worked. I conducted research with like, 130 kids this year and 130 kids last year and 130 kids the year before. That's the research, right? We have to make everything so freaking fancy sometimes that we don't realize that data can mean so much more. So is formal data overrated? Yes. Is that informal, oftentimes qualitative, that feeling in our teacher heart, they're like, how do you know that works? Because I've tried it. How can you show that works? Well, come on into my classroom and I'll show you that it works. I didn't realize I was going to get so heated on data, but clearly it's something that's passionate 
in my life. Like I'm a science teacher. I love numbers. I love facts and figures. I love graphs. I love all of that. But when it comes down to it, are we making decisions based off of our head or based off of our hearts? And I think it's good to have a balance of both. But sometimes data feels so sink and sterile that we forget about our students. Let's not dehumanize everything in education by having a spreadsheet on everything. Should we keep good records? Yes, we should. Should we know a lot about our kids? Yes. Should we document? Yes. But does everything have to be a percentage? Do we have to have like a linear exponential growth chart for everything? No, we don't. Because at the end of the day, teacher friend, hear me on this. Do you know what will never, ever, ever, ever be overrated? You doing what you are doing in your classroom because you know it freaking works. That will never be overrated. That that is not research-based. That is not data-driven. That's just you being a great teacher who is doing awesome things for kids. And I never want you to stop that. Damn, I this is not what I thought was going to happen when I hit record, but I'm glad it did. We got three of the hot topics taken care of in this episode. We talked about master's degrees. We talked about state testing. We talked about data. And next week, I've got three more for you. And I hope you come back to listen for that. Friends, I love this podcast because even though it's me sitting in my home office watching recordings, scroll through my screen, I want you to know that I love scrolling through the screen connecting with you. If you're listening to this right now, snap a screenshot, share it on your social profiles, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, share this out and let other people know that this podcast is it might be underrated maybe the this teacher life podcast is underrated i uh i don't do it for the ratings straight up one of the first episodes of this podcast from two years ago has three listeners had three listeners and i didn't get discouraged from that i'm like let's keep going it's not about the data it's about connecting with you and if there is even one person listening to this episode today i want you to know i freaking love you You are not an overrated teacher. You are an underrated member of this amazing teacher life. So keep listening. Keep crushing it in the classroom. And thank you for being here with me today. Come back next week for part two of this series.